0: Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT.
1: Hello, this is Colin Hung from Healthcare IT Today and I'm excited to be sitting down with Wendy DiBert, Vice President of Clinical Solutions at Caregility. Wendy, welcome to the program today.
0: Well, thank you very much for asking me.
1: This is going to be exciting. We're going to be talking about telehealth, uh, something that I have not yet personally experienced, but I'm looking forward to the day I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and But before we get started, Wendy, you have a very interesting background. Not only are you an RN, but you worked at one of the very first virtual healthcare clinics in the United States. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure.
0: Um, Yes. I'm a nurse by background, so I've been a nurse for about 35 years. I actually worked in critical care at Barnes-Jewish Hospital for about 20 years in the neuro ICU and neurosurgery floor. Um, From there, I took a big leap of faith and jumped over to the IT side at Mercy Virtual. Uh, Actually, at that time, it was Mercy. And that's where I joined a project where I learned about barcode scanning a patient and a medication and making sure the right med went to the right patient at the right time. I learned a ton of information there about HL7 interfacing and um, servers and all the tools that go b- um, on behind the scenes to make a lot of the things that we do technology-wise right in healthcare. Um, from there, I uh, jumped onto the ClinDoc team to learn and uh, was a ClinDoc builder for a Cerner EMR, um, which we ended up scrapping in two years, uh, two months before go live. decided to go um, with Epic. And in that meantime, I jumped onto what we call the EICU project, which is where we began to build out a program where we would monitor all ICU patients across our health system, because we did not have enough intensivists to care for the patients at the bedside. Um, we um, built that out in about a year's time, and uh, we're monitoring about 500 patients across four states and 10 different hospitals. That's where I really began to learn about telehealth, virtual health, everything that virtual care could do. And what I realized as a clinician that we could do just about everything that the bedside could do, except for actually like palpate a belly or touch a patient and show empathy. Um, We really learned a ton Um, and actually started with the most sickest patients. So we knew if we could take care of the sickest patients, why couldn't we take care of every other patient? From that, it developed out to about 70 other telehealth programs that um, they then came to us, ask us as a group that, hey, do you wanna build a building dedicated to telehealth? And we're like, absolutely. So um, in about a year's time, we designed the first building or the first hospital with no patients uh, with about 160 people, uh, caregivers, monitoring three to 4,000 patients from a distance. And we began to learn all the nuances about how you could give or deliver care, not only in the, the big hospitals, but the small hospitals, the rural clinics, um, we were able to connect the dots um, to patients all across our health system.
1: Wow, that's amazing! So we lost a nurse, but we gained <laughs> we gained a person who's involved in IT who's very empathetic uh, and sympathetic Absolutely. to the to yes. that side of the house, the clinical side. That's that's amazing! What a great story! Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you know, you wrote an article that was actually published on Healthcare IT Today about a year ago that was talking about virtual sitters, which. For me, it was a very unique use of telehealth and telemedicine technology. Um, you know, can you tell us a bit more about that?
0: Absolutely, um, it kind of erupted from my days of being a, a bedside nurse in the neuro ICU at Barnes-Jewish. Um, I, a neuro patients often had traumas or brain tumors or um, just traumas in general. Um, a lot of neuro diseases cause short-term memory loss. So people could not remember to stay in bed they could uh, move about and you would tell them one minute, hey, sit down, stay in bed, and they'd say, okay, and then five minutes later, they're back up getting out of bed. So we struggled with that um, every day. Um, had patients who were t- constantly trying to climb out of bed, and if they climbed out of bed, they usually fell because they forgot that their legs didn't work or their arm didn't work, and we would have injuries. So near and dear to my heart, um, there's a program that we use called iObserver that we built and it's purpose-built just to monitor a multitude of patients um, or up to 12 patients via audio video. And they definitely, you know, not every patient's going to fit. You still have to use your clinical judgment and know how reactive they are. Um, Can you redirect them? Can they speak English? Or um, there's, and how old are they? There's definitely things that you need to ask and set the program up right but we could definitely watch um, up to 12 patients. And as those patients began to move one leg out of bed, um, we have the ability to first listen, or we can talk, or we can actually go into a full two-way audio video and talk to that patient and redirect them. Often it's um, just distracting them. So maybe they want to get out of bed. They don't know really why they want to get out of bed, but us just calmly sitting there to talk to them, asking about their family, where do you live, how many kids you have. It stops those nurses from the um, that are taking care of them, always running into the room for every little thing. So now they get to put time back to the patient care that they really need to deliver while I can watch 12 of their patients and keep them safe while they're doing the hard work, um, the, the lifting and the cutting them tugging and pulling the patients everywhere, giving their medicines, making sure they get to their procedures, talking with the families. Um, We can meet a lot of those needs and not take their patient care techs away from the bedside who they need to help deliver, you know, get the bath done and um, ambulate and do the things that um, take a lot of time.
1: So this is sort of like telehealth, but uh, done internally. Right. Because you, you were the patient was physically inside the facility, but you you were monitoring not being a nurse on that floor.
0: Right. And it also I mean, the only other way that we used to be able to keep patients safe is by tying them down. And that's so inhumane. I mean, you'd put restraints on their arms and legs and then um, they would thrash about and end up you know, getting rashes on their wrists or their ankles. Um, so this is a more humane way um, of being their companion and keeping them safe from falling and having any other injuries.
1: And so it, literally, would it be like a TV monitor um, you know, on, in the room and then you would appear on there or, or you would talk first and then appear on there kind of thing and you, they could interact with the person?
0: Absolutely, yeah. So it's either a cart that we can wheel in um, based on that patient's need or it is a monitor on a, a wall unit on the wall. And uh, we can actually just uh, camera in. Um, The camera eyeball turns and faces at the patient so they know we're in monitoring. And there's also an icon on the screen that says, hey, we're monitoring. But the screen is black. So if they're sleeping at night, we can use infrared technology where we can see the room is like the lights are on, but they're sound asleep. The room's dark, and um, they can still um, not be interrupted on their sleep pattern. But um, again, we can we've got full pan tilt zoom capabilities, so I can look around the room. I can zoom in on the patient if they're really sound asleep, and I'm not sure if my camera's frozen or not. I can zoom in and watch them breathe. I can. Um, turn my camera that if they're, you know, they're being, um, if they're going through the toileting process and I don't want to, you know, I want to give them their privacy, I can turn the camera away and give them their privacy while they're doing what they need to do. So um, we've accommodated and built this specially just to do this, but we're also expanding its purpose to go beyond just sitting um, that we could watch those patients that are at risk for deterioration. And there's no room um, right now to get them to an ICU or a step down bed that, we can sit there and watch them and see if they're gonna change in any way and um, really help out. And um, again, being eyes on the patient to keep them safe, that's the whole basis of the program. And um, really, we wanna stop bad things from happening.
1: That's amazing, that's amazing. And, and just very quickly, you know, what was the nurse reaction to this, having this kind of technology on their floor?
0: Well, at first, they're all fearful. <laughs> they're very scared. They're like, how can you watch you know six to 10 patients all who are climbing out of bed that are driving you crazy how can you do this but they they realize really soon as we we can still build a relationship across the camera we can Mm -hmm. still ask that patient and they recognize our face and like hey wendy how are you today we can have all these conversations um so we build that relationship and we are able to Uh, We know when, or anticipate that, hey, they're starting to kind of move around in bed. They're looking like they're gonna put that leg out of bed because I've seen this pattern uh, multiple times as I watch them. So we don't have to call them into the room unless it's absolutely necessary. We also have an alarm that we can ring. So if like they get both feet out of bed and they're going, uh, we can ring an alarm and that alarm goes very loudly out of the door to the hallway. And the nearest person is supposed to run in and they are very responsive once they understand that we're not gonna call them in for every little thing. So at first they're very scared, but then they grow to love us and know that we're there to help them and support them in their daily care.
1: I, I love it. I mean, this is such a great application of telehealth and, and one that probably people probably didn't think of when they, cause classically when you think telehealth, you think remote doc or remote uh, triage nurse and the patient being in, in a different uh, area code. Uh, that's right. usually how people think about it. So this, I love uh, how this one's much more local, and but leveraging this technology for the benefit of patients and uh, for the benefit of staff.
0: Oh, absolutely. And the RI is much easier to attain because not only can I watch in my hospital, I could put four or five hospitals together and watch patients across multiple hospitals. So I don't have to... Uh, so worry about that. I can have one uh, one patient in this hospital and one in another one and one in another one and still be helping the whole group uh, to keep their direct caregivers at the bedside. Um, and it's also a low cost option um, compared to what um, a sitter would cost on the floor. Uh, many hospitals today, all those sitters hours are unbudgeted. So they're taking the staff off the floor, putting them in that room to do the one-on-one because that's the only way they know they can to manage that now. When I go to one to many, I'm saving dollars on end. I'm not probably spending as much overtime to put a sitter at the bedside, um, so it is much better ROI compared to many other programs out there.
1: So what what uh, what would you recommend to somebody who's thinking about maybe starting down this path of implementing these virtual sitters? What would be sort of your first step and your first recommendation?
0: Well, one is you want to go out there and you want to look at you know what what programs are off out there, and also what technology do you have in your health system already? Is there something in your health system that you can leverage before having to go out to purchase something? Um, But sitter programs, it's not about just the technology. Um, Everybody wants to put that great camera in the room and say, okay, we got e-sitting; it's great. You really have to build workflows around that, and you have to build policies and procedures. There is a very... um, Uh, planned out um, implementation process to make sure you cross all your bases so that your program goes up successfully. I will tell you those that fail most are those that have not um, wrapped a program around it to make sure that you have crossed all the I's and dotted all the T's and that you are ready to go. Um, So I I think a very strong implementation program is important and those that have done it repeatedly and know how to do that is important so they lead you down the path one time with a successful program and so that you're not trying to rebuild it because it failed because you forgot or you didn't know enough um, to build that program or what to build around it. So I think that's key. Uh, technology is great. We love to throw technology at a lot of problems, but it's all about the program and the processes around it.
1: If I, if, you were, <laughs> if I was an executive uh, and, and you were uh, essentially being asked by your champion internally, the, to to bring in a program like this, what would you say to me as an executive? Say, hey, you really should do this now. Like this is a really good idea.
0: Well, I think it's really good, right? Because I first number one would say, what are your what are your center dollars that you're spending on today? And many people don't even have that number because often they're just taking the staff off the floor, putting them in the room, and they're sacrificing other patient care, not realizing it. they're stretching the ratios out, but and they often don't have um, payroll codes to tag, hey, I've got X number of sitters. Now, that it's getting better over the years because people are getting much more sophisticated with their finance and billing and those kind of processes. But it's one, to understand what you're spending on those unbudgeted dollars, and then find somebody that can help you implement that program right the first time, um, that has a very good program on how to wrap around it, and that your technology, again, is reliable. You don't want a piece of technology that goes offline every five minutes, and now you lose sight of the patient and they're gonna fall anyway uh, because your technology is not working. So I think it's all about people, process, and technology. You've gotta make sure all three are together. I don't think just the clinician group can do it, and I don't think just the IT group can do it. Um, One of the best lessons I ever learned from Mercy is become friends with your IT department. And the better you guys work together, the better we are as a team to implement any program. So um, I, as a clinician, felt like I knew better than anybody else. And it often goes that way, like, I can pick this out. I know the right technology, but I didn't know about server capacity and scalability and cloud versus on prem I think um, that's where you need to team together to get the right solution for your organization.
1: I hear donuts also help uh, with- Yes, with, absolutely. With food,
0: food, <laughs> you can deliver food anytime. Everybody loves food. <laughs>
1: Wendy, where can people go to learn more uh, about what we've spoken about today, or how to connect with you?
0: Yes, absolutely. If you go to www.caregility.com and that's C-A-R-E-G-I-L-I-T-Y, um, and look up um, our solutions, I observer, um, you can see much more about that, or you can reach out to me directly at wdivert at caregility.com. Happy to help in any way. And we can do a demo. We can make it very easy for you to see the application live and experience it for yourself.
1: Great. Wendy, I really enjoyed our conversation today about telehealth. You've taught me a lot about this virtual sitting and in telehealth in general. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely.
0: Thank you for asking me.
1: This is awesome. Thank you. And to all of you watching this, this has been Colin Hung at Healthcare IT Today. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time.